the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, welcome back to the program. And again, we've got that little disconnect on the bumper music, but here it is, Hour 2, Backbone Radio, July 10th, 2022. And I do want to get into something that you may not have heard enough about because the mainstream media is definitely boxing this one in, and that's the uh, the Dutch farmers' protests and farmer protests happening across Europe. This is a big deal. And our elites are really playing around with our food supply. And it's a it's one of the strangest things, but constantly I'm I'm reading news and over these past several years of things that the elites do that make absolutely no sense to me, and you wonder like what in the heck are these people thinking? They've got some kind of a strange, weird agenda. And um, you know, World War Three and you know, <laughs> destroying the food supply conceivably and go down the list of what these people want in this food supply. When I have a, you know, family, a lot of my family is in the agricultural world going back many decades and generations. And I've spent my time sitting on a plow, a tractor and a combine and trucks. I, I know a bit about the agricultural world here in America, but this is a, this is a heavy duty thing. Um, about these Dutch farmers' protests, and I hope you're at least getting a little bit of information breakthrough so you can get some of it. I, that, that The elites really do not want you to see the size of these protests, and they are enormous, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll be getting there. And I just had a little visit with Randy Corporate, and he just did mention to me that it looks like at this Tuesday Tea Party meeting, Heidi Ganahl will be coming in. So Heidi Ganahl will be there. And so that might make it even more enticing to go to the Tuesday Tea Party meeting. You can check it out at Eventbrite, and you can email Randy Corpin for more info on that. I guess I don't have his email handy with me right now. But our Republican gubernatorial candidate, Heidi Ganahl, will be there. And that's just cool. Let, let's help Heidi get there and turn this state red. Let's just, let's just do that, Okay. Um, we got a we got a real chance at this. Virginia did it. Virginia had the blueprint that the liberal billionaires came up with to help turn Colorado blue. They did the same thing next uh, after Colorado in Virginia, but now uh, Virginia's heading a bit red again. I'm not a huge fan of the Republican governor in Virginia. He's like uh, a bit too much of a investment uh, type guy. He reminds me a little too much of Romney, but um, Glenn Youngkin is his name. And they're, they're even the Republican consultants are floating his name to run for the presidency in 2024, which is a total non-starter. But the rhino consultants want some rich guy to feed their consultant salaries, right? And they're still trying to find any way to stop Trump from running again in 2024. But it's laughable to think that Youngkin could get above like 2% in anything in the Republican Party as Trump's numbers only go straight north. Well, yeah, Biden's go straight south. DeSantis, maybe he'll throw his hat in the ring, but what I read is that he's not actually going to be running. 
And I've heard that Trump is saying that he's exploring. He's exploring maybe being on the same ticket with DeSantis. And interesting. Well, we'll talk about that more here after a bit. But wanted to say hello to Richard. Richard, the limo driver. Thanks for hanging on just a few minutes there. And yeah, welcome, sir. Can can you hear me, Richard? Hey, Doctor Dunn. Yes, sir. Doing? Oh, just doing great. Hope you hope you're yeah, well. I hear you are, really well. Are you in your limo? Uh, it was good. It was good hearing. It was good hearing Eric Manning call in. He's a patriot. He's a smart guy. Totally. And he's got his finger on the pulse. Yes. Amen. Uh, I want to shout out to our to our our brothers down in Texas who are calling this what it is an invasion. To my mind, we are at war with Mexico. They're not doing anything to stop thousands, millions of people walking across their country. And that is just straight wrong. Yep. And it's happening. That's another weird thing the elites are doing is that they're throwing our borders so deliberately wide open. And we've got the fentanyl crisis. We've got every other kind of crisis uh, you can imagine. And their solution is to throw the borders wide open, which is the opposite, of course. Oh, yeah, the the trafficking, you know. Trafficking women and children, it's its unconscionable, Matt. It is. And they've spent how many countless billions on Ukraine in that uh, that crazy effort to start World War III, and they won't uh, secure our own oh, border. By yeah. The, by the way, did you see Nancy Pelosi shove Myra Flores' daughter? I did see that. I did notice that. There, Myra Flores, the new elected Republican from Texas, South Texas, her daughter standing next to Nancy Pelosi, she of the eyebrows, at some event, and she was kind of standing real close to Pelosi, and Pelosi just elbowed her away. What the heck? Heartless. Tell you. Terrible. Yeah, I watched that video several times. I even watched it in slow motion. I know you got your, you, you monitor. You monitor lots and lots of different topics, and thank you. We love you, brother. By the I, way. I loved your saying the, the backbone family. I love that. Amen. I love that. Thank you. Yep, and you're a big part of it, Richard, so glad you are here. By the way, Myra Flores, did you see the New York Times hatchet thank piece you. on her? I don't know if you saw this, but the New York Times is already no. calling uh, Myra Flores no. a far-right Latina, and they did the slick propaganda treatment to try to box her yeah. in. To a negative, uh, a negative perception. Latino, Latino white, white supremacist. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. And AOC, if you compare the treatment New York Times has given to AOC, Ocrazio Cortez versus Myra Flores, who was like a nurse, respiratory therapist, hardworking gal, and you know, a, a woman of faith, and they just ripped her over the coals in the New York Times. That's just, it's just sick, you know, really. The contrast okay, could not, not be not be wider. You got that right. At any rate, well, Richard, uh, you you just take care, Thank sir. You, All love the you, best to you, you, brother. Okay, yes, right sir. on. Likewise, and yeah, Backbone Radio here, and uh, yeah, Richard was engaging in some form of transaction there, <laughs> but uh, we I enjoy our chances to visit, and maybe I've talked just long enough. Maybe I'll uh, I'll sit on sit on the uh, the Dutch farmer thing till the next segment. But the uh, the CNN did quite a little piece on the uh, wide open border. Actually, Fox News did this piece, not CNN. They they want the open border. But listen to Fox News describe 
our wide-open border in Texas. You take a look. Our drone team shot this video just about an hour ago here in Eagle Pass. This was a single massive group of nearly 500 migrants who crossed illegally here in Eagle Pass. This was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, single groups we have ever witnessed during our coverage of this border crisis here in Texas. Border agents telling us this group was predominantly uh, Venezuelans and Cubans, a mixture of a lot of single adults and family units. They were basically marched in a single file line to a Border Patrol processing area where agents are overwhelmed and this is once again sucking up their resources not allowing them to be elsewhere on the border to catch drug runners cartel guys that sort of thing uh, take a look at the ground video we shot of the same group you can get more of a perspective of how big this group was and it's just more of the same for the del rio sector where we are just over the holiday weekend alone uh, the del rio sector border patrol had more than uh, nearly 5,000 illegal crossings that includes more than 1,800 just on the 4th of july they've been dealing with these massive groups day in and day out. The Del Rio sector is a smaller sector with not as much infrastructure, so it really, really puts a lot of pressure on border agents. Then we'd like to show you this wild pursuit video out of the Rio Grande Valley. Texas DPS telling us their troopers were chasing a human smuggler in a cloned work truck. There were 20 illegal immigrants in that vehicle. He stops at the Rio Grande's edge, and they all bail out and start running in different directions. Shocking to see how many people he was able to fit into that vehicle. They go running all over the place. Many of them jump into the Rio Grande and swim back to Mexico. Texas, DP, uh, Texas DPS and Border Patrol only able to end up catching two of those people. The rest successfully made it back to Mexico. We had a chance to catch up with Texas Congressman Chip. Roy, he says uh, Texas is just fed up with the Biden administration's border policies and that Texas shouldn't have to be dealing uh, with the brunt of these policies. Take a listen. And I'll pause it there, but you get the idea. Wide open border that Bill Malugin, who's from a California, I believe, San Diego affiliate of Fox, has been doing some great reporting on the wide open border and throw that on the pile of how strange our elites are. They're messing with the food supply. They seem to want food shortages. They seem to be courting World War III. In Ukraine, they seem to be sending American money, billions of it, over to Ukraine and not our own border security. They're sending our own oil, strategic oil reserves, over to China. Isn't that just sick? That's um, the liberal world order, folks. There you go, Jillian Welch. That little tune about a hot rod, the 455 rocket. I believe it's a Chevelle in that tune. Anybody have a soft spot for muscle cars? I know I do. <laughs> and my nine-year-old son, whenever he sees like a muscle car, just instinctively he knows that he's in the presence of something really glorious and really cool. He like point, Dad, look at that car. And I'm like, yeah, that's a Grand Torino, dude, 1971. Make note of that one. At any rate, Jillian, well, love that tune. And I keep wanting to get to the Dutch farmers thing and the European farmer protest, which is like really, really coming on strong. But I better be saying hello to everybody. And um, let's say hello to Brad in Lakewood. And Brad, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for taking my phone call. Yes, yes sir. People can blame Biden all they want for that border situation down in Texas, but Another person to blame is open borders Greg Abbott because open borders Greg Abbott could have declared an invasion. He didn't do it. Open borders Greg Abbott could have helped pass 2862. He didn't do it. Then open borders Greg Abbott claims he's uh, building a wall uh, with those uh, beams left over from the Biden administration. I called a Republican official the other day. The official 
says, I see no evidence of a wall being built down there, which turns into the comment, Bianca Gracia, Latinos for, Latinos for Trump made, Greg Abbott's a liar, and every time he opens his mouth, the situation gets worse. But the people I would blame the most are the voters of Texas, because knowing darn good and well their borders being overrun with illegal aliens, all you have to do is watch Steve Bannon's war room and watching them come across the border at Eagle Pass, of which Greg Abbott does very little, if anything. I, I would blame the voters of Texas uh, for, this, for this mess. Well, I think that's a good point. And I just had uh, a few great tweets in from Jennifer Harris, who's a, a great uh, commentator and uh, listens to the program down in Texas. And she says, Abbott's latest actions only allowed for a bigger catch-and-release program. Taking to the point, taking to the ports of entry does nothing. People are getting ticked off. She also says Chip Roy is the real Texas cowboy in this border invasion. Abbott hates Chip Roy, Russ Vaught, and Ken Cuccinelli. They call out because they call out his weakness and tell the truth. That's a, that's a good set of points. And I saw that Abbott was on Maria Bartiromo this morning. And again, we've been wondering what the heck is Abbott doing in Texas? He seems to be like doing nothing. He seems to kind of want to turn Texas blue. I mean, he should really be throwing a massive hissy fit, and he should have started that, like, right when Biden took office and threw the borders wide open. Don't you think, well, Brad? Well, Abbott's destroying Texas from the south by allowing the border to become over one with the illegal aliens. Then Abbott's destroying California, Texas from the west because he brings in the California companies who bring in their liberal employees who vote blue. And uh, on the 75th anniversary of the Chinese Revolution, Abbott sent... President Yi, a note of congratulations, and the Chinese are buying all this land in uh, Texas. Uh, Abbott refuses to uh, denounce Klaus Schaub's. Uh, I'm uh, seriously uh, starting to wonder uh, if they, if Texas, the, they hold the House and the Senate, if they'd be, if it would teach Texas a good lesson, if Abbott loses, they get stuck with Beetle for four years. The Republican House and Senate prevents Beetle from doing any major damage, and then maybe the people in Texas will wake up. Man, alive. You just have to realize that you step back from it. If we did not have rhinos, if there were not such a thing as rhinos, that we would not be in the messes that we are in. The rhinos are like uh, these strategically placed liars that, you know, run as Republicans and make all the promises to the Republican base and uh, essentially herd Republican voters into these corrals. And then the rhinos go off and allow the border to be thrown wide open and you know, go go against what they said they were going to do on the Second Amendment and go down the list. The, the rhino problem is incredibly severe, and I think that that's, that's sort of that, uh, that traitorous bunch, I have to say, that has allowed all of the Biden agenda to essentially be supported by the rhino class, and they're, they're propping up this guy. Brad, it's, it's amazing to see. Yeah, and I think I was uh, blocked from uh, Greg Abbott's uh, phone number because you called down there, you talked to an aide, and they, in turn, send you over to somebody who answers the phone, which is very seldom ever, so you could, I, could, I could leave messages from time to time. But I left some messages as strongly critical of Greg Abbott's uh, performance, and now when I try to call for my landline, it just says, you've reached the governor's office, no one's available to take your phone call, and you can't even leave a message. So then I tried calling on a different number, and somebody picked up the phone right away, so evidently uh, they didn't like the messages I was leaving. Well, I'm glad you're leaving him messages, Brad, and sort of telling him what's up. And by the way, how long is it? I mean, this one, on some level, maybe does make sense. How long is it before that anybody who crosses the border illegally becomes a legal voter in this country? 
I think the left is going to find a way to get these people voting or at least get a paper printed ballot in their name and ha- somehow have that turned in as an actual vote. Um, that's that's the leftist agenda on this one. It's not that hard to see. Yeah, and uh, they think that uh, they can somehow uh, radically transform America by bringing in the whole rest of the world. And by the way, in that Fox News clip, interestingly, apparently there's a lot of Cubans and Venezuelans coming in with this most recent border crossing that Fox News Bill Malugin was describing. And he had some great video with this huge throngs, crowds of people crossing over our wide open border. Mm. Yep, and people still want to vote for Greg Abbott. But I got a quick question to ask you about the Colorado Secretary of State race. I, I'm going to have a real hard time voting for Pam Anderson. I don't see how I can support her under any circumstances. What would your advice be on that? Well, I guess that, that that's a tough one for me. And back when I was uh, helping out, doing a bit of work in the uh, state Senate, Pam Anderson's mother, Norma Anderson, was uh, in there. I believe she was the Senate president before John Andrews became the Senate president. And I will say this. um, She was not um, the kind of person that I enjoyed working with or dealing with. Oh, no, no. It's just, 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 uh, you know, just Norma Anderson was a Republican, but left a few things to be desired as far as I was concerned and did did make life not great uh, for uh, the actual conservative Republicans that were in the state Senate at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yes, a major reason yeah. we're in this mess today is because of the damage Norma Anderson did did years ago, along with Dottie Wammon, like I used to say, yeah. with, with Republicans like Dottie Wammon, Norma Anderson, who needs Democrats? Yep, I know what you're talking about. But the thing is... Jenna Griswold, Brad. Jenna Griswold is so absolutely awful. Such a train wreck, partisan hack, left-wing extremist freak disaster. My goodness. If that's the trade-off, I mean, I think, I think when it comes down to it, we got to go Anderson. But I, I know that, that, that one requires a little bit of work there. Would you say, Brad, to uh, yeah. get over that one? I agree. And if, even if I do circle in Pam Anderson's name, I- it won't because I think she's good or I like her. It's Jenna Griswold would be worse. In other words, I'd, I wouldn't be voting for Pam. I'd be voting against uh, Griswold. Yeah, and maybe think of it like that. I guess that. I guess when it comes down to it, that would be my advice on that one. And I've, I have never yet commented on this particular race. And I just, like the primary stuff, I like to, you know, stay out of it. Stay out of it and let the voters decide what they want. But Jenna Griswold, I'll tell you, um, she goes on MSNBC and has these interviews in which she says the most absolutely partisan hack stuff. It's just amazing. And a Secretary of State position should really be put up a nonpartisan front. But she does the opposite. She's really gone against the tradition in the state of Colorado of having at least a a presentably nonpartisan Secretary of State because that's you know, that's that's elections. That's election integrity. That's that's counting the votes, right? But um, she's she's way out there, man. And it's uh, I've done a few segments on Jenna Griswold over the years. But uh, anyway, Brad, uh, hey, keep your phone hot. I love to hear that stuff (laughs) and spread the word. Anyway, thank you again, Brad. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. And onward we go. Little Eddie Money, baby, hold on. Whatever will be, will be. Que sera, sera, says the great late Eddie Money. 
sometimes, you know, you have to have some Eddie money. You know, you just bring him out, and he still sounds good after all these years. Baby, hold on. Just keep on hammering. That's politics. When we see all the constant deluge of bad news, just keep hammering. Hold on. Hold on. And one individual who is in big trouble in CNN, Harry Enten, has a big article about this, about Liz Cheney. Headline, why Liz Cheney is in a lot of trouble in Wyoming. And my gosh, Liz Cheney is one I just, I just regard her as so emblematic of the nastiness of our political class in America, the Cheney family. What a, what a grim bunch they are. And Liz Cheney is so pathetic and so desperate to try to regain election in Wyoming, where she's incredibly unpopular. Um, she's trying – she's actually marketing directly to Democrats to try to get them to change sides, to register as Republicans, to try to vote for Cheney in the upcoming August primary. And get this stat that actually is reported by Harry Inton of CNN. Liz Cheney has raised $10 million for her reelection campaign in Wyoming. Guess how much of that $10 million came from Wyoming donors? $270,000. Can you believe that? $270,000 from actual Wyoming donors in, for Liz Cheney, and she's raised $10 million. Do you know what percentage that is? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say that's 2.7%. So Liz Cheney has had 97.3% of the money she has raised for her reelection has come from outside of Wyoming. Pathetic. What a pathetic end to the Cheney dynasty to see her trying to begging Democrats to vote for her in Wyoming. She of the gross propaganda January 6th commission when all the lies brought forth by Cassidy Hutchinson. And of course, that whole committee was staffed and populated by uh, by just whoever Pelosi picked to be on the committee. They wouldn't even let Rhino McCarthy choose anybody to put on there. What a mess, folks. That all is. And I the thing is, people aren't believing it. I saw some new data that trust in media is at an all-time low, even lower than the last all-time low. People aren't buying the propaganda. Anyway, we want Cheney out. Out in Wyoming. Out. Just gone. What a... Mm. All right. Um, Liz Cheney is right up there with me, with like people like Mitt Romney and John McCain, for people that I just, I just really despise them. I, I just, I, they, they are just so bad for this country and so bad for the Republican Party. And I saw that, um, yeah, uh, John McCain's widow, um, Mrs. McCain, I actually I don't quite remember her first name, but she said, my husband wouldn't recognize today's Republican Party. And I was like, you know what? John McCain just about nearly destroyed the Republican Party, and Liz Cheney is trying to destroy the Republican Party. Completely destroy the place. Luckily, people like Trump have come along to help save the Republican Party and actually connect the Republican Party with its voters. But you still got these people like Cheney out there or the, the widow of McCain out there just lamenting the state of the Republican Party when, my gosh, folks, just go be a Democrat, McCain's. Just go be a Democrat, Cheney, Romney. Just go be a good leftist like you always wanted to be. Anyway, 
Sir, I, I just I lose my cool talking about Liz Cheney. So disgusting. So awful. So bad. I hope anybody listening up in Wyoming will uh, find a way to help make sure that Liz Cheney does not win her primary. And I raised all this money, but yeah, 270000 from Wyoming donors, $10 million total raised. What does that tell you? She does not represent Wyoming. She represents the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Yep. Anyway, let's say hello to Jack. Speaking of Wyoming, Jack in Wyoming is checking in with us. And welcome, Jack. How are you, sir? Well, I called when you mentioned about the uh, rhinos, and uh, I didn't know you were going to go into Cheney. But five weeks from now, I believe Murkowski of, Murkowski of, of uh, Alaska and Cheney of Wyoming are both going to get pro- kicked off ticket for the Republicans. And I, I think believe you be are right. Real, real Trump was just indicated. up in Alaska. Trump kept his promise. He said yeah. uh, he was going to go to Alaska and campaign against Murkowski, and he went and he yeah. did it, and he got... Constant standing ovations, massive crowd, the usual massive rally, Murkowski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're, be they're going to both be gone. That's going to be the shot across the bow that they're going to have to wake up with. And I, uh, I understand that right now, the way it stands, Cheney's down 30 by 30 percent, you know. So I, I, don't, uh, I don't think there's any problem with them getting removed. But what I wanted to talk to you about just briefly, on your station, when I first turned it on, I've been all day because I didn't sleep last night. But anyway, uh, I heard you play something on Kamala Harris, and she's out. And the, the, the text of what she said it was—I think it was on your news. You may not have heard it, but she says it's impossible for the federal government to do Roe v. Wade. Now, here's what I want to ask you to find out for me: find out if she actually went to a law school and what law school she went to, because I want to make darn sure that none of my grandkids go to that law school. If she thinks that that's what that interpretation was about, as opposed to just saying that they're recognizing that it's, that it's not their jurisdiction, it's the state's Tenth Amendment jurisdiction, he's kicking it back to the states, because under the Constitution, that's where it belongs. That's the only thing they did. And for her to come out and say that federal government is determining if a woman can do with her body or not, I mean, to make a statement like that and to have actually graduated from law school, to me, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Kamala Harris is. I've got a bunch of clips. I actually have that clip where she says that in my own uh, archive here tonight, which is quite extensive. And um, I've got some other clips of her just saying the usual, just absolute nonsensical, um, no IQ kind of stuff. And yeah, people do wonder, like, you know, how, how could she have gone to law school and like graduated? That yeah, just... she doesn't understand the the mechanics of it are just as plain, straight up and down constitutional ruling as can be, it could be. I mean, it couldn't be clearer. But to come out and say something like that, I mean, if, like I say, well, let me know what that law school is. Make damn grandkids go there. Well, she just, you know, she's politicizing the issue, but they never actually make an argument as to the legalese of why the 1973 Roe v. Wade should stand. They never talk about that. What Kamala said in that clip is that, well, some things are just settled. Some things are just settled law. It's all settled. But uh, and meanwhile, uh, some other things aren't settled. Like, you know, I mean, she talks about uh, gender fluidity. Uh, none of that stuff is settled anymore, right? But uh, they decide what is settled based on what their political convenience is at the present current moment, right? That's just well, the, the way that works. The question is, that it does, is it or isn't it constitutional? That's the only thing the Supreme Court's supposed to do. Exactly. The question is not whether somebody's going to consider it settled or not. It's going back to the original intent of the Constitution. All five of their decisions that they have made have done that, which to me is the greatest thing that's ever, ever happened. And to go after the EPA and to roll back these little Caesar ships that have given the authority to all these little appointees from the, from the top down, 
not making the decisions by the people in, in the Congress. I mean, that, that's the best news I've heard in I don't know how long. And that's, I hope they apply it to the trucking industry. I hope they apply it to everything. I mean, actually, once it's applied to the EPA, it's going to be applied to all of them. Well, the Constitution... All backdoor... Yeah, the Constitution is the great enemy to the, to the power mad, to the power mongers that we currently have on top of this country. That's why, you know, they, they openly disparage and despise the Constitution. They, you know, they just, well, yeah, just watch them. They... And you've got law, law schools that do teach how retrograde the Constitution is. Um, that's, that's most of the well, elite it, it, law schools in this country. And good old Father Hugh would, would harp on that. He was a Harvard law man, and he would harp on what they teach yeah. at Harvard Law. Well, you sure know. he would. Um, and he's right. Well, it, it, at its base, it, it's it's uh, it, what they're doing is they're, they're instead of having the Fed, instead of having the Congress make laws, they're letting the executive branch appoint their toadies to make the laws and enforce them. And that's 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 that's, that's complete. That's separation of powers. I mean, the, the, the executive government cannot appoint people to legislate. We vote for the legislators. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. Been that way for sixty years. Yeah, and the uh, you know you're getting on the, the administrative state there, where the executive branch, administrative yeah. state, meaning the bureaucrats and all the three letter agencies, yeah. which are completely corrupt all throughout Washington yeah. D.C., they're the ones who are actually making the decisions. And our elected officials, the ones that are responsive exactly. to the people, you would think, you know, don't have any say in what's really going on in terms of uh, you know when the laws are actually you know uh, you know put into effect in this country. And um, that's that's where that the even, Claremont Institute folks are just brilliant on that. Professor John Marini oh, yeah. has written books about that, oh, yeah. and uh, that yeah. that's a key thing that people need to understand that the power has been taken out of the hands of the people and put that's into the exactly hands right. of the unelected. Exactly. And um, yeah, now yeah, these judges have uh, taken at least the unelected judges portion out of the Roe v. Wade thing, and their Second Amendment decision was was quite spot on in my view. But Jack, hey. Uh, wonderful, and uh, yeah, do your part on Liz Cheney up there if you would. Let's let's see her get unelected in Wyoming. It's gonna happen. There we go. An old Smith tunes there called "How Soon Is Now" from Stephen Patrick Morrissey. My my wife cannot stand the voice of Morrissey. She will not let me play Morrissey around the house, and she's been emphatic on that little point from day one. <laughs> so. I don't get to play much Morrissey. Not that I really want to play that much Morrissey, but I did, as a as a youth, have a bit of a Smith's Morrissey phase. He was big in L.A. when I was out in L.A. He's kind of a weird dude, but every so often he'll say something interesting, like ripping the queen or something, or like his comments on politics are very high IQ, very interesting guy. Off to the phone lines in one second. I was going to mention the uh, the terminal list is out on Amazon Prime Video. And many listeners know I've interviewed Jack Carr, the author of The Terminal List, and about five other, four other novels, thriller, action things, former Navy SEAL, great patriot, one of the good guys. He was on Tucker Carlson, I believe, two nights ago talking about this. But anyway, I've watched the first three episodes. I haven't watched the whole thing, so I'm going to reserve comment on it. But I know the story is very different. What Amazon did with the terminal is the story is very, very different from the from the actual book, The Terminal List, which I think is just fantastic. It's an extremely well-written book, very thought-provoking, very interesting from a perspective of a former Navy SEAL about uh, current events, current politics, and uh, threaded into a quite an action-packed thriller. And uh, I think very highly of Jack Carr. And uh, we did an interview when his most recent book just came out. Um, 
But anyway, the critics are are ripping the new terminal list because, uh, you know, they said some pretty rough things about the government and the military-industrial complex. And I don't know exactly the arc of the plot in the TV series, which seems quite different than the novel um, or the thriller. Should I call it a novel or a thriller? It's a, is there a difference at any rate? But uh, apparently the fans love it. The fan, fan approval is like 95%, and the critic approval, which is mostly left-wing types, you know, is around 30-some percent. Anyway, Amazon, say what you will about Amazon and Bezos, that guy. But uh, they did take a risk to do this terminal list. I'm glad they did it. And as much of the terminal list as we can get out there, the better, in my opinion. And by the way, did you see that, that uh, Jeff Bezos, apparently he was trying to get some, uh, like, somewhere in the Netherlands to get, like, some bridge redesigned so that his super yacht could flow through the river under the bridge. And apparently the Netherlands, they said, uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to take down the bridge for Jeff Bezos' super yacht. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck kind of a story is this? Yeah, man. So, so the cruel Dutch are now discriminating against their farmers, but they're also discriminating against super yacht owners. Somebody just texted in, Jack signed my tomahawk. That's cool. You see the tomahawks there? They figure prominently, at least on, I saw it on the TV side of the terminal list. At any rate, uh, let's say hello, um, Aaron. Aaron, thank you for checking in and for hanging on a minute, and welcome to Backbone Radio. Hey, glad you're here, sir. What's what's new? Oh well, you know McCain's wife. You know, you know, you know. McCain Cindy, had Cindy McCain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCain's moron wife. But McCain's McCain had an opportunity to strike down the so-called Affordable Care Act when Trump was in office. He blew it. He's a rhino. Good riddance. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'll never knock his service to the country, military, sir. But as a career politician, he absolutely sucked. And the thing is, though, also, you brought up the rhinos. The reason why this country's in the mess it's in because of the rhinos. And Trump uh, is going after every rhino in the GOP. Tom Tom Credo in the state of Colorado was eaten alive, and it's called cannibalism, by his own party. Uh, the rhinos ate him. For, they ate him for breakfast. They ate him for lunch. And they ate him for sucker, and they ate him for brunch too. So you know, uh, so Tom Tancredi got taken out by his own party. He didn't get taken out by the dark side, broken down, dumb donkeys. His own party took him out. So it just well, shows. Right can I say top. something there, Aaron? I think you're right about Tancredo, mm-hmm. and I, you know, have a few tentacles in the establishment political scene in Colorado. And I, I do know some very specific individuals, Republican rhino types in the state party here in Colorado, mm-hmm. that did everything they could to sabotage and undermine Tom Tancredo. That's no just, question about it. That's they just it. a they, fact. They, and by the way, after him, Lauren they, Boebert, they, Lauren uh, Boebert, um, she, I, I, you're seeing Republicans who are trying to harm Lauren Boebert right here in Colorado, Colorado Republicans, uh, probably people. And that's what something Rich Barris, who's a great pollster, the people's pundit on Twitter says that you look at the data and the numbers from Lauren Boebert's successful primary win, you know, she just won up in her district in uh, the mountains near Rifle, Colorado. But she says, you know, those numbers in in, in Rich Barris's view say that uh, Republicans officials were actively trying to harm her in some way in Colorado. And so he put out that little flare there. So we still have a sick Republican Party in this state. It's a bummer, Aaron. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bummer in my state. 
you know, uh, you got problems at the border. It's all because of the rhinos. The country's in trees and trees of dollars of debt. That's because of the rhinos. You can go on and on and on. The GOP don't stick together, but those dark side, broken down, dumb donkeys, they stick together. And Matt, have a good day. Well, Aaron, can I just, uh, don't, don't leave just yet, but, uh, Oh, I guess he just did leave just yet. So, uh, Aaron, anyway, Aaron is, uh, I have listened to him uh, talk for years on Colorado Talk Radio and love it when he calls in. And he and Peter Boyles have had some great stem-winding conversations over the years. But at any rate, um, I'll tell you what, uh, it's just perfect. You know, uh, John McCain, he's the guy that saved, he saved Obamacare. Remember that? The rhino saved Obamacare. And then John Roberts on the Supreme Court, he saved it twice. He saved Obamacare twice. Yes, he did. And so you have to understand what it is with the rhinos is that they are, they are designed to corral the America first conservative Republican sentiments of the vast majority of the heartland of this country. The majority of the Republican Party voting base is America first, right, is conservative. But they are always saddled with rhino types because the, the power classes, the uniparty classes, find ways to support certain candidates that they can kind of control and manipulate and who, uh, who adopt their type rhino mentality. And so when push comes to shove on Obamacare, well, you have a rhino cave. When push comes to shove on the Second Amendment, well, there goes Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and Mitt Romney caving on the Second Amendment. You see how that works? See how manipulated we are? Republican voters, they always promise the stuff. They promise the stuff. They say the stuff. They put us in these corrals. And then when they get their first chance to cave or go with the left or side with what the establishment wants, they sim- they just do so. And that that is just the saga of American politics. And we just heard Aaron say that, you know, we wouldn't be in this mess if it weren't for the rhinos. You know, if we did not have such a thing as rhinos, we would not have this January 6th bogus propaganda commission going on. We would actually have principled Republicans standing up against all that stuff. We would not have our wide open border that Joe Biden has ushered in after Trump got it very nicely and neatly secure. We wouldn't have any of this stuff if it weren't for rhinos tacitly allowing all this stuff to happen. Go down the list on stuff. Where are the the Republicans are always silent on the key stuff. They're silent on the key stuff. And yes, it is a fact they tried to spike and sabotage Tom Tancredo here in the state of Colorado. And from some of the stuff I've seen, watch the Republican Party, some of the folks in it here in Colorado try to make life hard for Lauren Boebert. Man, and she's a, she's a very, very courageous and America first Republican. And uh, man, is she, 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 she has more courage than like the entire Colorado Republican Party combined so far, any evidence that I have seen. And of course, what do the Republicans do? They, they try to sort of harm her. Again, look that up. That's Richard Barris, the people's pundit. And he runs a polling company I can't quite place the name of off the top of my head right now that uh, is one of the better polling companies, one of the ones that actually gets pretty darn good information out there. And that was his read on Lauren Boebert's primary. Isn't that interesting? At any rate, it's Backbone Radio. It's Matt Don. And, yeah, just talking to everybody here tonight and brilliant, brilliant people out there. Keep staying close with us, and we'll be right back after this. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.